64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor SF Walker. I'm here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. Today we look at A Thousand Brains, A New Theory of Intelligence by Jeff Hawkins. In this video we look at how answers to some of neuroscience's biggest questions started to come into view. Questions such as, how do our varied sensory inputs get united into a singular experience? What is happening when we think? How can two people reach different beliefs from the same observations? And why do we have a sense of self? It is a story of these discoveries and the implications they have for our future. Most of the material has been published in scientific journals. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools that I do have and use that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management. A few basic ideas you need to know. First, like every other part of the body, the brain is composed of cells. The brain cells, called neurons, are in many ways similar to all our other cells. For example, a neuron has a cellular membrane that defines its boundary and a nucleus that contains DNA. However, neurons have several unique properties that do not exist in other cells in your body. The first is that neurons look like trees. They have branch-like extensions of the cell membrane called axons and dendrites. The dendri dendrite branches are clusters near the cell and they collect the inputs. The axon is the output. It makes many connections to nearby neurons but often travels long distances such as from one side of the brain to the other or from the neocortex all the way down to the spinal cord. The second difference is that neurons create spikes, also called action potentials. 
An action potential is an electrical signal that starts near the cell body and then travels along the axon until it reaches the end of every branch. The third unique property is that the axon of one neuron makes connections to the dendrites of other neurons. The connection points are called synapses. When a spike traveling along an axon reaches a synapse, it releases a chemical that enters the dendrite of the receiving neuron. Depending on which chemical is released, it makes the receiving neuron more or less likely to generate its own spike. Considering how neurons work, we can state two fundamental tenets. These tenets will play important roles in our understanding of the brain and the intelligence. Tenet number one, thoughts, ideas, and perceptions are the activity of neurons. Tenet number two, everything we know is stored in the connections between neurons. Discovery number one, the neocortex learns a predictive model of the world. <clears throat> Discovery number two, predictions occur inside neurons. When an input arrives that is unexpected, multiple neurons fire at once. If the input is predicted, that only the predictive state neurons become active. This is a common observation about the neocortex. Unexpected inputs cause a lot more activity than expected ones. <coughs> we previously knew that prediction is ubiquitous function of the brain, but we did not know how or where predictions are made. With this discovery, we understood that most predictions occur inside neurons. A prediction occurs when a neuron recognizes a pattern, creates a dendrite spike, and then is primed to spike earlier than other neurons. Discovery number three, the secret of the cortical column is reference frames. We need to think of the neocortex as primarily processing reference frames. Most of the circuitry is there to create reference frames and then track locations. Sensory input is of course essential. The brain builds models of the world by associating sensory inputs with locations in reference frames. Why are reference frames so important? What does the brain gain from having them? <clears throat> well, first, a reference frame allows the brain to learn the structure of something. You need a reference frame to specify the relative positions and structure of objects. Second, by defining an object using a reference frame, the brain can manipulate the entire object at once. Third, a reference frame is needed to plan and create movements. 
All knowledge is stored at locations relative to reference frames. Reference frames are not an optional component of intelligence. They are the structure in which all information is stored in the brain. Every fact you know is, a, is paired with a location in a reference frame. To become an expert in a field such as history requires assigning historical facts to location in an appropriate reference frame. Organizing knowledge this way makes these facts actionable. Think of an analogy of a map. Some basic facts about a town and put them onto a grid-like reference frame, like map. We can determine what actions are needed to achieve a goal, such as how to get to a particular restaurant. Thinking is a form of movement. If everything we know is stored in reference frames, then to recall stored knowledge, we have to activate the appropriate location in the appropriate reference frame. Thinking occurs when the neurons invoke location, find the location in reference frame, bring into the mind which was stored in each location. Your brain has 150,000 cortical columns. Each column is a learning machine. Each column learns a predictive model of its inputs by observing how they change over time. Columns don't know what they are learning. They do not know what their models represent. The entire enterprise and the resulted models are built on reference frames. The correct reference frame to understand how the brain works is reference frames. The thousand brains theory is inherently a sensory motor theory. <coughs> it explains how we learn and it recognizes objects by moving. <coughs> Importantly, it also explains why we can sometimes recognize objects without moving, as when we see a brief image on the screen, or grab an object with all of our fingers. Contrary to what many neuroscientists believe today, the Thousand Brains theory says that most of what we think is vision occurs in regions of V1 and V2. Primary and secondary touch regions are also relatively large. A Thousand Brains theory can explain the mystery of how neurons know what their next input will be, why the eyes are still in motion. In the theory, each column has models of complete objects and therefore knows what should be sensed on each location on an object. If a column knows the current location of its input and how the eyes are moving, then it can predict the new location and what it will sense there. It is the same as looking at a map of a town and predicting what you will see if you start to walk in a particular direction. The binding problem is based on the assumption that the neocortex has a single model for each object in the world. A thousand brains theory flips this around and says that there are thousands of models of every object. The varied inputs to the brain 
aren't bound or combined into a single model. It doesn't matter that the columns have different types of inputs or that one column represents a small part of the retina and the next represents a bigger part. It doesn't matter if the retina has holes any more than it matters that there are gaps between your fingers. The Thousand Brain Theory shows how the neocortex learns three-dimensional models of objects using reference frames. Every waking moment of our entire life, we are learning how long we remember something varies. Some things are forgotten quickly, such as the arrangement of dishes on our table or what clothes we wore yesterday. Other things will stay with us for entire lives. Learning is not a separate process from sensing and acting, we learn continuously. Now, why is this important? The world is constantly changing. Therefore, our model of the world must learn continuously to reflect the changing world. Most AI systems today do not learn continuously. They go through a lengthy training process, and when it is complete, they are deployed. This is one reason why they are not flexible. Flexibility requires continuous adjusting to changing conditions and new knowledge. When a neuron learns a new pattern, it forms new synapses on one dendrite branch. The new synapses do not affect previously learned ones on other branches. Thus, learning something new doesn't force the neuron to forget or to modify something it learned earlier. <coughs> the artificial neurons used in today's artificial intelligence systems do not have this ability. This is one reason they cannot learn continuously. Intelligence itself is benign unless we purposefully built in selfish drives, motivations, and emotions, intelligence, intelligent machines will not pose a risk to our survival. Human intelligence, however, is not as benign. The possibility that human behavior might lead to our demise has been recognized for a long time. Two fundamental systematic risks associated with the human brain. The first is associated with the older parts of our brain, although our neocortex endows us with superior intelligence. 30% of our brain evolved much longer ago and creates our more primitive desires and actions. Our neocortex has invented powerful technologies that are capable of changing the entire Earth. But the human behavior that controls these world-changing technologies is often dominated by the selfish and short-sighted old brain. The second risk is more directly associated with the neocortex itself and the intelligence. The neocortex can be fooled. It can form false beliefs about fundamental aspects of the world based on these, based on these false beliefs. We can act against our long-term interests. How does the brain form beliefs? The brain's model of the world can be inaccurate. 
and why false beliefs can pre persist despite contrary evidence. Here are the three basic ingredients. Number one, cannot directly experience. False beliefs are almost always about things that we cannot directly experience. If we cannot observe something directly, if we cannot hear, touch, or see it ourselves, then we have to rely on what other people tell us. Who we listen to determines what we believe. Ignore contrary evidence. To maintain a false belief, we have to dismiss evidence that contradicts it. Most false beliefs dictate behaviors and rationales for ignoring contrary evidence. And number three, viral spread. <coughs> viral false beliefs describe behavior that encourage spreading the belief to other people. I see the current human situation as a battle between two powerful forces. In one corner we have genes and evolution which have dominated life for billions of years. Genes do not care about the survival of individuals. They don't care about the survival of our society. Most don't even care if our species goes extinct because genes typically exist in multiple species. Genes only care about making copies of themselves. Of course, genes are just molecules and don't really care about anything, but it is useful to refer to them in this anthropomorphic terms. Now in the other corner, competing with our genes is our newly emerged intelligence. The mental eye that exists in our brains wants to break free from its genetic servitude to no longer be held captive by the Darwinian processes that got us all here. We as intelligent individuals want to live forever and to preserve our society. We want to escape from the evolutionary forces that created us. I do hope that one day every person on earth will learn how the brain works. To me this should be an expectation like, oh, you have a brain, here's what you need to know about it. The list of things everyone should know is short. I would include how the brain is composed of the new part and the older parts. <clears throat> I would include how the neocortex learns a model of the world, whereas the older parts of the brain generate our emotions and our more primitive behaviors. I would include how the old brain can take control, causing us to act in ways we know we shouldn't. And I would include how all of us are susceptible to false beliefs and how some beliefs are viral. I believe everyone should know these things in the same way that everyone should know that the Earth orbits the Sun and that the DNA molecules encode our genes and that the dinosaurs lived on Earth for millions of years but are now extinct. This is important. If every human understood what was going on in their head I believe we would have fewer conflicts and a sunnier prognosis for our future.
And there you have it. A thousand brains. A new theory of intelligence. Do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and do share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel. Stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website. Find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.